I will talk to you of art, for there is nothing else. I want to be with you. You're creative. I will talk to you of art, for there is nothing else. I want to be with you. You're creative. I will talk to you of art, for there is nothing else. Where are Leonardo, Rembrandt, Ludwig? Alive, alive, alive. They were born. It is a pleasure and honor to break bread with you on this delightful afternoon. You are listening to the Creative Hearts Club with Peter Tompkins and Rusty Harden. This is P.T. Pop here on the Creative Hearts Club, and I'm going to be hosting this show with Rusty Hard, and uh, some of you might already know me by my YouTube channel, P.T. Pop, and I'll leave a link for that in the description. And for those of you who don't know me, I'm a photographer, writer, director from Cleveland, Ohio, and uh, well, I spent the la- better part of last year working on a... Oh, no, I'm going to... I'm going to do this real quick thing um, for my other channel called Shameless Self Promotion. <laughs> Shameless Self Promotion. I've just been working on a movie for about the last year called The Artist, a documentary, which Logan uh, Rogers, who appears in, in my podcast here today, along with Rusty Harden, appear in this film. And it's going to be for sale, or it is for sale on Vimeo and on my website. And I'll leave a link to to that in the description. And it's a movie about artists and how to become an artist or how hard it is to become an artist. And is it ever too late to become one? But on the Creative Hearts Club, we're going to be talking with Rusty Harden. She's going to be my co-host. And Logan Rogers is on on the show today to talk about what it's like and how how you know when you officially become an artist. And on the show in general, we're just going to be talking about a variety of topics such as how to get started as an artist, how do you know when you've become an artist, how to market your work, and a variety of other topics uh, along the way. And today, on the first episode of the Creative Hearts Club, we're going to be discussing how do you know when you've officially become an artist. But before we begin with that, let me introduce my my wonderful and lovely and sometimes sassy co-host, Rusty Hard and Rusty. Hey, Peter. Thank you so much for having me today. Hey, Rusty. How's it this going? Uh, this is this is going to be fun. It's going well. Oh, good. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm glad you guys could make it today, and we'll work all the bugs out here as we uh, as we roll along. I'm sure. Oh, are, there's bugs. Bugs. You know, you know, we have cicadas here. Do you have cicadas in Cleveland? We had cicadas three years ago. I think it was like a biblical swarm up here. My dog was jumping up in the air and eating them out of the out of the air. They were so bad. <laughs> <laughs> you have them there this year? They're bad for dogs. Can't the dog do that? Are they yeah. bad for dogs? Oh, we're bad. They're bad. There's aliens. No, yeah, they're, yes, they're they are. No, they're not. Their little exoskeleton and legs will scratch up their little innards. We have to uh, Google research it. that. I'll Google. I don't know. Our vet said they were a good source of protein. I hope we don't have them this year because they make so much noise. It's it's maddening. It is so, yeah. Yeah, they do. But um. Rusty, go ahead and tell us, tell our listeners. I see some cute art. I see some cute art. I was going to say, I see some cute art being done with cute art. Mm-hmm. You can find art being done with the cicadas. Oh, there is? They have a cool color scheme. 
Yeah, so oh, yeah. people are people are taking photos and staging them. And there's one one kid, I think he's nine, and he staged them with his um, with a dollhouse. Oh. And he and um, so they've got them in all kind of settings. And um, there's a helicopter, and the helicopter rises, and the cicadas like in a rescue basket. It's adorable. Oh, I've never seen them like that. I can see a lot of creativity. They look like little monsters. They do. They are monsters. Yeah. I know it's funny. When I was a kid, you'd green with gold wings and bright red eyes. I'm sorry. Talking over you. No, you'd find their their skins on the trees when I was a little kid. And we always thought we'd collect them. They were like little uh, Godzilla monsters or something you'd see in a Godzilla movie if they were bigger. But Rusty, why don't you go ahead and tell us about your yourself, your website, who you are, and then we'll uh, we'll get uh, Logan to introduce himself there. Well, thanks. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, I'm Rusty from the Rusty Harden Studio in Tip City, Ohio. I decided about 20 years ago to actually um, work at being a, a professional artist. Um, 20, and Tip City was um, was the my cho- the town that I chose to get started in, so I stay here. It's my touch. It's my touch. My touch city. My touchstone. Anyway, this is this is where the, all the um, this is where all the chicks come home to roost when it comes to me and my artwork. But I have a gallery down at Front Street in um, Dayton, Ohio, called Roots to Wings. And I've had a lot of adventures along the way. Um, I've had online galleries and just just a lot of variety of work. So. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's a fun thing for me to be in to do, but um, I guess we're going to get into it a little bit, but, you know, I say 20 years ago, but I guess the question we're going to talk about, when did I actually become an artist? So maybe we'll have that sorted out a little bit um, as we talk along. Cool. Cool. Thanks so much. And Logan, what about you? Why don't you tell everybody who you are and where you're from? Well, if you've seen the artist documentary, <laughs> you know enough to write a whole book about me. <laughs> Thanks to Pete. Yeah. But in case in case you've missed that cinematic masterpiece, <laughs> I've uh, I've been feeling like I was an artist again for about nine years now. But I have to think about it. Um, gonna have to give a certain amount of props to my ex girlfriend who prompted me to start painting again. I had been doing production art for various companies and doing little bits of illustration just as a value add because I was there, so they didn't have to hire somebody else. But uh, she taught me into painting at the plein air event here in Tip City that the Tip Arts Council was putting on. And I kind of rediscovered my, my enjoyment of painting painting and, and drawing and I decided that some of the beautiful old buildings in these old downtowns that I enjoy so much were going to be a theme in, in what I do. And maybe a year after that, I was in the plein air competition again. I won a couple of awards, sold a couple pieces, got a couple commissions, started doing a couple shows. And then there was, there was no dealing with me after that. I was just off the rails. again. Just let everyone know you're in Tip City and near Dayton, correct? Yes, I am also in Tip City, Ohio. Okay, cool. Yeah, I just uh, thought it'd be nice. Everybody knew that you guys are in one city, and I'm I'm up in Cleveland. And the three of us worked together on the film, The Artist, the documentary, which I just released on May 15th. But Logan's real talented, very talented, uh, fine artist and illustrator. 
And I don't remember, Rusty, did you say what you are? Uh, you're a painter and fine artist, I'm right? I'm an artist. And in my artwork, I work in a lot of media. I have water media. I work in um, some mixed media and I create journals. I'm an author. I've been published with the book, um, The Darkling Sky. I have uh, pen and ink illustrations in that book. And I have a series in that. And um, I'm an instructor. And there's a great deal of my time in teaching other people to to learn and to enjoy creating their own art. Excellent. Excellent. Thanks so much. Yeah, speaking of The Darkling Sky, I've got your book right here. I'm going to read a quote out of it later on here. Um, what I wanted to talk about today is something the three of us talked about when we got together the last time I was in Tampa, but how do you know when you finally become an artist? And, you know, is there a defining moment? Is it when you sell your first piece of work? Is it, you know, when you have fans chasing you down the street? Is it when you no longer, you know, use art as a side hustle and you're, you're doing it full time? I mean, how do you define when you're finally become an artist? And I thought we'd, we'd jump into that today, kind of starting at the tip of the iceberg, because it's really hard to kind of define when, when you become an artist. I always, I had a hard time accepting myself as an artist. I thought you had to quit your day job. I thought you had to kind of live out of a van down by the river, trying to sell your paintings and stuff. And I found out, you know, during the course of making this film that that's not true, but how does, how does everybody become an art? How does everybody know when they become an artist? And there's, there's a quote here from your book, Darkling Sky. This is a book written by Rusty Harden. It's illustrated and poetry by Rusty. And it's just an awesome book. And the foreword has a quote in here from Lisa Bauer, who is the owner of the Mayflower Arts Center in Troy, Ohio. And she says, Rusty's passion for creativity is woven into every fiber of her being. And she never hesitates to share her love for art with anyone who seeks it. And I thought that was a pretty, pretty awesome quote, um, because you do, you definitely walk the walk. And is that how you know when you become an artist, when it, it, it it consumes you kind of you, you, it becomes every fiber of your being. Um, what, what would you define as a moment where you decided you were, yeah, this is, this is who I am. This is what I want to be. You know, you know, that's, that's a, that's one of my questions really, because are you born to be an artist or are you, or are you made to be an artist? And that every fiber of my being existed from the time that I was, that I was aware of it at, at the age of six. And, wow. um, and I, I never stopped creating once w there was a painting that I, that I did in kindergarten and it's kind of like lightning struck my brain. And, and so now I was charged for this course of life, but lightning um, struck I your brain. That, well, felt like it. <laughs> You know, it's just like there was so, there was a, something that happened in my brain on yeah. this day yeah. in kindergarten. And, in and kindergarten, wow. Every fiber of my body, my heart, my soul, my being, as, as Lisa so sweetly said, mm -hmm. truly has, has been that. So was I an artist then? But I made a decision in the early 2000s, it was 2003, I think, when I decided that I was going to, and I've always created, I've always sold a little bit, mm -hmm. but I decided about that time to actually just with intention, pursue a career. Mm -hmm. But even then, I could not call myself an artist. 
I was about to have um, my one of my very first um, exhibits. I, I had had a couple, but as as just you know, whatever it was that I'm going to say, I was prior to one was intentional. It was it was very professional. I was I was just ready for this this exhibit out at the Bruckner Nature Center, and that was the question. And I could not call myself an artist. And um, even when they did the interview for the newspaper for it, that became the question in the interview. Mm-hmm. So a couple of years later, I still defined myself a painter. They were like, well, what do you do? And, um, but um, <laughs> so, you might, so I decided I was going to, there was a day, and I can't remember that day, but I, I knew that the next person that asked me, um, what do you do? I was just going to look at them with all the confidence in the world, my head up and say, I'm an artist. Well, I'm at this conference and um, there was a man that was really tall. And, and, and I have to say, talk about, I don't usually notice if people are tall or not, but, but I knew he was really tall because I felt very little as I was prepared to say, I'm an artist. And um, he's, he's, so he's like, what do you do? And I'm, I'm an artist. And he says, do you make money? I shrunk. Oh my! I shrunk. God. I dropped my head. <laughs> wow! Yeah. My my body language. I started just like playing with my fingers. I was just like, no. <laughs> 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 so, you know, it's it's a real thing. Yeah. And then you turn around and you can have. Well, we'll talk about this later. So oh, that's harsh. So so sometimes is it the definition or is it is it how you see yourself or the confidence to be something. I don't know. So, so just, you know, I don't know. So I know, I know that was such a direct question with such an indirect Mm -hmm. answer, but that is my answer. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think it's really hard because I know you and I talked about this offline and you had said, well, it's probably when you get your bachelor's in fine arts, that's when you're definite, that's your definitive moment. But doctors get degrees, right? yeah. Yeah. But that doesn't make them a doctor. I mean, they're they're on paper. They still have to go through all kinds of uh, <laughs> what do you call that? Where you go and you do your practicum or your internship residency. Residency, yeah, that's it. But they they call them doctors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about what you're called, not necessarily what you are. No, this is I'm talking about when you believe in yourself as an artist, and and I think like Logan's got a BFA. What I mean, do you think you were def- you became the artist, Logan, when you got your BFA? I didn't feel like that. No. I was just going to try to go be a graphic designer somewhere. Thought a four-year degree would give me a leg up. And it might have in some place other than Dayton, as I've discussed in the, in the movie. Is a graphic designer an artist? Depends. I, I, I didn't know that. designers were artists. It depends. If they're doing production art, if they're just carrying out somebody else's vision, then maybe not. But if, if they're doing their own their own layouts, if they're coming up with their own thing, if they're art director for uh, even a little regional magazine, then then they're an artist. So you had said you had gotten, um, what, state certification from Governor DeWine when you became an artist? Well, that, that goes back to when I started painting buildings and streetscapes again. I uh, ran into a little pushback from my girlfriend at the time, who was an engineer. She still is. And she didn't quite have the same vision, you know. She's very literal-minded, some of these types. 
And she would say, the sky doesn't look like the sky in the photo you're working from. You've got some reference pictures, and the sky looks different. That's a boring sky. I have here a nice sky. I'm going to drop it in. It's all going to fit together. It's going to work. And she would shake her head, and I would explain that I had artistic license. So finally, I wondered what (laughs) an actual artistic license would look like. And I was thinking about the people who have have licenses, licensures, I guess you should say, the ones you see in their place of work, like the person who cuts your hair, cosmetologist license. So I got online. I looked at what one of those looked like, and... Finally, I came up with a little uh, eight and a half by five and a half thing with my picture on it, my headshot. Ohio State Seal says artistic license in big letters and a barcode. Wasn't too hard to find the governor's signature online. Just drop that in there. And I, I actually had a copy notarized at a <laughs> law firm. And the, uh, the law clerk just punch it with the... the the seal so that you can see the raised seal on it. Yeah. And for a long time, I would put that up on my canvas when I was painting out live at shows. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I remember putting it on Facebook, say, Hey, I'm official. And people thinking, Oh my God, you have to have a license. And I'm like, yeah, can you believe it? The state's got <laughs> their hand in your pocket everywhere you look. <laughs> that's, that's hilarious. Funny. That's funny. That's hilarious. It's funny because I I really thought years ago that you had to quit your day job and you had to get a degree. And so, as I said in the film, years ago, my wife and I had this big discussion and I quit my day job. I went part time. I went back to school to study graphic design and web design. And I I thought that's what you were supposed to do. I thought you had to live it and eat it and breathe it. And that's all you could do was be an artist. And I didn't I found that that really wasn't what you had to do. I mean, I think being an artist, I think you, for myself, I found I felt like comfortable just recently. I felt comfortable when I saw a body of work I had created in photography that I was pretty happy with. And I thought, well, I can, I can, I'm, I'm pretty good at this. And I think when you get the self-confidence in your work and you know, your craft is kind of a time where you can kind of feel more comfortable saying, you're an artist. And I think for me also, it was when people started buying my stuff, I was selling it at, you know, craft fairs and online. Sure. And that was nice for me because it always seems like money seems to be like, are people buying it? Because you hear these stories about Van Gogh. He only sold one painting and now he's a household name. The man's probably spinning in his grave. But <laughs> but I, I just, you know you wrestle with it. At least I did. And I know Rusty, you did. And I wondered if our listeners, if there's people out there like, you know, you're kind of, you're kind of put into this society, puts you into this. Um, there's a stigma about being an artist. That it's not a real career Oh, definitely. that you should go get a date, you know, get a real job or, you know, it's, it's like that. I don't know if you're familiar with the song by dire straits money for nothing. That's, mm-hmm. that's about, uh, Mark Knopfler was, I think, standing outside a a furniture store watching some guys move furniture, and there was a music video on the TV set in the window of the store, and the guy goes, "Oh, look!" And then they just play the guitar. It's money for nothing. But what 
the, the guy moving the furniture didn't know was all the work behind that music video, all the hours and hours and hours of practice and the money involved in, in investing in instruments and amplifiers and touring and just the grind behind it. But a lot of people see what we do as as money for nothing. We're just having fun. We're just throwing paint on a canvas. I think there's other questions, you know, that, that, that guide that. I mean, are you an artist if you don't even sell any work, if you're creating, but you're mm-hmm. you have no intention of selling, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so is sell. And, and the, so the, I guess the question has become is selling a gauge? Is it, or is it not, you know, or how about, um, or how about the um, person that is creating production work? You know, they're, they're creating work just to sell without an intention of, of um, let's, you know, for the lack, uh, maybe for, you know, not, I don't want to say it doesn't mean anything, but it doesn't mean anything. Right. You know, mm-hmm. they're only, they're only p- putting their paint on canvas beautifully, but there's not a, there's not, there's not an authenticity in it. There's not a soul in it. They're not building on experiences with it. They're just putting paint on canvas. Mm-hmm. Are they an artist? Can would our children that um, are every fiber in their body tells them to create art, and they do, although it might look like everybody else's, but there's there's something in them that's coming out differently into their their experience. Are they an artist? When, when, you know, what, it, it, it's just, it's mm-hmm. so many questions when you go by the definition of an artist. Well, could it, it you know? could it be narrowed down to what Rodney Veal has said in the film is the intention behind the Maybe. piece of work? Like if, Maybe. I think the person who's creating, if there's an intention behind what they're creating, as opposed to like, Somebody who just takes a picture and then goes home and, and messes with it with a, with an app on their phone or on, on Photoshop and makes it look pretty. The intention has to be behind it first. Like when I take a photograph, I've got the intention behind. Like I know I have an idea how it might look in black and white or if I mess with the colors. But sometimes people just get lucky and they stumble upon an app that makes it look like a painting or makes it look. There's so many apps now. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe it's the intention. Well, if if we're going to do that, then then we're going to talk about digital art, which is a manipulation of buttons and the, the mouse, the cursors, and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, can they take that? Can they take that photo and with intention and turn it into art? You know? Yeah. I mean, when I intend intention has got to be a part of it. I think. Well, there's a fine line. I think a lot of people. Trying to say this politely, put stuff into an app, uh, and it, it looks all right. But but the, the the general public will think it's genius. Of course, you know you'll you'll put a flower into an app, and you hit a button, and it and it changes it completely, so it looks psychedelic. And the public doesn't know that there was no tension behind it. That you know that they just happen to have this button they push to make it look psychedelic, and the and general public goes, "Oh, it's genius." And that's, I think it would be more genius if there was an intention behind it. And somebody said, I want to take this picture and make it look psychedelic. And I think that's, that's how you would know that that person is more of an artist as opposed to someone who's dabbling in, in app, app, digital applications. But that's 
kind of my my snobby my snobby attitude towards some of the yeah, arts. It's a slippery slope. Yeah, well, yeah. And and so that so maybe the first time's an accident, and they're like, oh, and now the next one they create with intention. So mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it's, I mean, intention is a powerful word. With it, I agree. What if you have a person who um, creates one piece with intention? And it's an amazing piece. Maybe it isn't. So with that one piece, with that one intention, are they now an artist? Well, I don't know. And, and is that piece popular? Like, is, does, does popularity make, the, make one an artist? Yeah, I don't know. That's just like, because <laughs> I'm not popular. Yeah. I mean, I don't have a big following. I, I mean, not as an artist, but. Would you be miserable if you didn't have that outlet? There are people who yeah. wouldn't have a reason to get out of bed if they couldn't create something. Yeah, I'm not. Something that no one else appreciates. Yeah, exactly. You had mentioned that. How can you tell them that they're not an artist? Even if what they create is not that exciting, really, to 999 out of 1,000 people. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't live without it. I mean, I, I I can't go a day without playing my guitar. It's just like I I have to do it. I have to of course. constantly take pictures. I'm constantly in it. And if I can't do it, I, it's, I wouldn't say it's an addiction, but I, I have this craving for it. Um, but you're right. I, I know you mentioned you're not able to do it. You think about it all the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's nothing else I'd rather do. I, I'm at a point now where I like doing it so much. I don't care if I get paid or not. Right. So I would, I would never judge whether somebody's an artist or not an artist, because I guess I, I really won't know what their intention or lack of in- intention is. So mm-hmm. maybe it's just a, self um a self i don't want to say right it's it's a self definition maybe because mm-hmm. i okay. can see something pretty amazing but if that person came along and then suddenly told me like yeah i just just stopped that on there right <laughs> and i'm like okay well apparently i mean it even comes down to like is bad art created by a good artist is you know I you know yeah. I, I I like the question I really do like the question. And then there are created by bad artists. Okay, what? Well, yeah. <laughs> and then there's always also you know artists people that create that don't think of themselves as artists. Right. And they're amazing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Amazing. And they're creative. You know they're yeah they're not doing production work, but. And there's such a, a, a large, I mean, I know we're probably speaking more for f- referring to fine art, but my wife's hairdresser, she says, I'm an artist. And, mm-hmm. and she, technically she mm-hmm. is. She's sculpting hair all day long. And that's that's a form of art. And you have to have. I feel that way about um, gardeners. Mm-hmm. And you, in, the, in the documentary, when, when um, in the early part of your documentary, you show us how art affects every part of our life. Mm-hmm. Are the creators of those designs, furniture designs, boat designs, are they artists? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, technically, I think they would be because they're adding an aesthetic beauty to the world we live in. But they may not think of themselves that way. 
you know, it's just, just what, a, what they create's not beautiful. Maybe it's grotesque and absurd and interesting. I mean, like the people that design cars, do they, when they're done designing the latest Ford or whatever it happens to be, do they go home and then go, yeah, that looks great. And it's a whole team of people that do that. I don't think one person sure, comes up with a car design. It's such a big question. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought it was kind of because the, the making of this movie made me really reassess a lot of stuff, including people who I used to look at and go, they're not artists. Now I look at them differently. So yeah, they're, they're artists. Or there were some people I used to be really judgmental of because I didn't like their work. Now I like their work. It's really bizarre with the, the metamorphosis my brain went through. But yeah, I think um, so many different styles, so many different movements. There's the graffiti that you see on uh, railroad cars as they go by. That always fascinates me. Oh, yeah. I, I always feel like I'm... I'm upset because I'm missing what's on the other side of the train. I'm never going to see that. Oh, on the other side of the cars it goes by? Yeah, I can only see the side that's facing me <laughs> as I sit at the railroad crossing watching this. these these cars go by. And some of the artwork is so ambitious and so elaborate. And a lot of it's done with spray cans. Yes, it is. It's and amazing. That's amazing because I don't know how the control has such control with a spray can. It's like airbrushing. but with practice. Yeah. yeah. No, I, the, I think the graffiti is amazing, and I, I often wonder what a lot of it means. If there's hidden, hidden hidden meanings in some of the artwork, or if they're just words, or or whatever. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. I would say to anybody that you do what makes you happy, you do what makes you feel fulfilled. Uh, you can show it to other people, or don't. You can try to find a little community or a market for it, or you can keep it to yourself. But the one thing I would say to, to each of these people is each time you do a piece, try to do something a little bit harder. Challenge yourself mm-hmm. a tiny bit. Mm-hmm. Try to improve your, your skill, your technique. Do something you're a little uncomfortable with, even if it's just for you. Make some mistakes. Yeah, that's a good point to keep pushing yourself forward and, and try to do more and do something different. That's a great. That's a great suggestion. It's it's more it's more like therapy that way. It's going to feed whatever it is that it feeds in your mind, in your soul. And it'll help you grow as an yeah, artist. If you're creating some little tougher problems for yourself and you're solving them. I, I think, too, that. um to be too wrapped up in the, the, the definition, or because I'm not sure we have it for that well defined, but to be too wrapped up into um, the word artist is probably a mistake. As we've kind of talked about, you know, other people, other people can judge, well, that's not art. And well, somebody else come along and it is. So it does, I think it does come back to self. I was speaking with a, um, really, I met a young, young, He's doing photography. Um, his name's Alexander Abbott here in Dayton. And he, um, Peter, he came up, he saw the loft where you did some of your interviews mm-hmm. in your documentary um, mm-hmm. with um, Richard and uh, Carol. He saw the loft and he just liked the area so much. He asked about taking some photos in there because he's, he's doing, um, he has some models to bring up there. And 
and he likes the likes the energy, the light, and so on. You know, as an artist would see all of those things. Mm-hmm. But he was having a conversation with another photographer, and he's and just out of nowhere, he says, "But I wouldn't call myself a photographer." And knowing that we were going to have this have this um, topic on the podcast, I I explored this with him, and um, so I interrupted. So if you don't call yourself a photographer, what do you call yourself? And he said, a creator. And, and I'm very crea- a creative. And he like, yeah. I said, would you call yourself an artist? He said, I wouldn't argue that. I'm not sure he would quite call himself an artist yet. So I asked him, mm-hmm. well, what would it take for you to call yourself an artist? And because he's a writer, he's a songwriter, he's been a model, he's doing this photography, and he, he also does um, um, some other fine art. So he is just now getting comfortable at the cusp of saying that, well, should, which he hasn't really said yet, I guess, but because he feels like he has developed the experience, um, a, a body of work that relates to that experience. Mm-hmm. He says, I didn't feel like I knew enough. You know, so maybe it kind of does come down. There's there's two sides of this coin. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. funny how there's a point where you don't feel that way and then you do. And then there's some people that the moment they pick up their crayon, they, they'll feel like they've been artists always. So, mm-hmm. so it's a coin and there's two sides. There's a side where we know what we feel like we are. And then there's the side of the coin that other people judge whether we are, whether we aren't according to their Mm. internal gauge about it. So um, I guess, I guess just in the whole thought, the process of preparing for this podcast, it's a deeper question than I ever had Mm -hmm. even for myself and listening to Alexander talk about it. And here's this young man who has already thought this out so early um, he's just in his mid twenties. Mm-hmm. The experiences he's had. So, is he ready yet? Somebody else. I've seen some of his work. There, it's just amazing work. So, I would so call him an artist. But you know, that's the coin. One side is my is my internal. The other side is somebody else's opinion. Well, I think the the thing that really triggered this for me was like in society. You get all these attaboys if you become a mechanic or if you become an attorney or you're a, you're a cook or you're a nurse or you're a good boy. You went out and you got a real job. And I thought, you know, how do you, how come nobody looks at us and goes, wow, he's an artist? You know, some people do. Some people envy us or envy some do. Some, not everybody. But yeah, I always thought, boy, maybe I need to call myself an artist because it'll be more legitimate if I do. And I, I always wondered, it's, it seems to be, you know, as I've said, I think society downplays it because it's not considered a traditional job that everybody else goes and gets. And not everybody makes money at this, but I always, always thought, boy, it would be nice if you said, Oh, I'm an artist and people are like, wow. But But if you say you're an attorney, people are like, wow. You must make lots of money. Yeah, Yeah, they know attorneys. They know doctors. They know engineers and stuff. I'm sure. I'm sure attorneys never have days when they don't feel like attorneys. (laughs) Yeah, and we've all got days when we feel like an artist, and days when we don't. 
Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> yeah, so it's relationships and connections. And well, that's another thing too down here about becoming an artist. It is about relationships. That's another thing I discovered making this film. Is all the relationships that started with Rusty and Logan, and you guys just really opened my eyes up to networking and talking to people and just letting things happen. And I think that's a huge part of becoming an artist is, is maybe if you think of yourself as an artist is kind of get over yourself and go out and meet some other people and be friendly. And regardless of other people's, what you perceive as their skill level is to get to know a, a bunch of people because we're kind of all in the same important. boat, but maybe everyone else doesn't. I think if you want to be a popular artist, that's that has to be done. If if yeah. you need if if an, if if the if I needed their attention, if I needed their the accolades, I needed all of that from them. Then I need to network, connect, and so not and become a more popular artist. Oh no, I mean I mean. But there are so many artists that are just painting in their quiet little space. Oh, what I meant though was the networking part is you get to see. You get to see other types of artwork and you open, you kind of open, I'm not talking about popularity. You get to ex- expose yourself to different types of medium that you may not have seen before or taken an interest in. Like I just discovered a friend of mine gave me a CD of his. He's a songwriter. And I, I just, you know, I put it on the shelf for five, six years. I've never listened to it till the other day. I oh, popped man. it in and I was like, wow, this is, I really like this. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I never heard this man's music. I'd heard him in coffee shops around town, but his CD was really good. And I was like, wow, I wrote to him. I said, I, I apologize. I haven't listened to CD till now. He gave this to me like five years ago. He All he said was, it's better late than never. But right, right. I think when you expose yourself to different types of art, it opens your mind up to what else, to your perception of Kind of get you out of your own own little world, I guess, is what I was saying, as opposed mm. to a popularity contest. Is there anything else you want to add to this, Rusty? Or I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so either. I think it's a question that everybody has to answer or find the answer mm-hmm. for, their, for, their, for their personal needs, their circumstances, and so on. I think. That's true. Yeah. So. Yeah. Very, it's very personal. As it turns out, there's too many questions. Oh, there's all kinds. Yeah. Any questions about it? And, you know, down the road, I think, well, we can, we can talk about a bunch of different things, but, um, you know, how do, how do you get started? I think down in future episodes, we'll talk about how to get started as an artist, how to market yourself. And, and I think one thing is how to deal with friends and family who don't really understand why you don't get a real job or they don't understand what you do. And we talked about that a little bit in the in the artist documentary, because I I found that really hard. A lot of people have no clue what artists do or who we are. Or and as Rodney Veal had said in the film, it's up to us to educate them. And um, right, I think sometimes even when you do that, they still don't get it. From from my experiences, but there's definitely people who are creatives, and there's definitely people who are not. And I I was hit in the face by that. So we'll talk about stuff like that uh, down the road. Well, awesome. I think this is great. Um, I think you guys are great. Thanks for, for listening and participating. Oh, thanks for having us. So there you have it. How do you know when you become an artist? 
That's it's, it's a deep question, and I I don't think there's really definitive answer to the question. It's very philosophical. But if you're an artist, if you're a painter, if you draw, if you're a graphic designer, if you're a sculptor, a musician, I think each of us cross this intersection, this crossroads, because it's crossroads, and say, how do we know when we're really artists? What defines us as artists? And I think that really is left up to you. I don't think there's a defining moment in your life unless you're trying to achieve something. If, if to you, becoming an artist means you're making money at it and you're selling your product and you can say, yes, I'm making money at it, I am an artist, then you're an artist. If it's just because you create and you like creating and it doesn't matter to you whether you're making money at it, and you think you're an artist, and you're an artist. I think it's really just your own self-analysis of the situation, which will define whether you are or you aren't an artist. And maybe to you, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if someone thinks of you as an artist or if you think of you as an artist. Just just kind of perception, I guess, and how you look at it. So, well, there you have it. The first, the first edition and the first season, the first episode of the Creative Hearts Club featuring Rusty Harden and myself, Peter Tompkins. And uh, today's episode featured Logan Rogers. Well, thanks. Thanks so much to Logan Rogers, who was our featured guest today on the Creative Hearts Club and also to Rusty Harden, my co-host. And we'll catch you next month on the next episode of the Creative Hearts Club. Take care. Good night. You have been listening to the Creative Hearts Club with Peter Tompkins and Rusty Harden.